Hello, and welcome to the Pretty Little Liars podcast on TimeTravelMurderMystery.com. I'm Benjamin Light. Marco Sparks. And today we are talking about episode 5 of season 1 of Pretty Little Liars. Uh, episode titled, Reality Bites Me. Mm-hmm. Fun episode, I would say. Yeah, moving moving the pieces along, uh, opening up some new uh, areas of inquiry. Possible new suspects, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the kind of high-level gist of this episode, and we'll break it down by character here. Um, uh, what's happening? Arya is going to go to a reading that Ezra's doing, and then things get kind of awkward when his college buddy shows up. Uh, Hannah's like not sure if she's broken up with her boyfriend or not, and she has to work at a dentist's office. That his, I think it's his mom's dental office that she's working there to work off her debt for trashing his car. Yeah, that's nice. Um, Emily is just like uh, has like a lot of like awkward scenes with Toby and uh, Spencer's. Her her plotline is like her dad needs her to like play tennis with doubles with her to like impress some clients, but he needs her to throw the game. Um, and also, she like won the award for that essay that she stole, and like her her parents are excited about that, and she's not. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a the episode begins with uh, a having just uh, dropped the bombshell on Arya's mom that uh, her dad was cheating on her, and that Arya knew. Juicy. Yeah, and that Arya knows about it, so kind of screws Arya. But she she was on her way to tell her mom, but got there a little bit too late. So that's how the episode opens. Well, so the episode opens like the morning after finding the uh, lipstick message on Spencer's mirror. Mm-hmm. The girls have all stayed over at Spencer's place. And this is like the point where I think you you stop thinking about them as like ex-friends who are tied together by a secret and the group is really back together. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, they're all in their PJs together looking, if I can be that guy, very hot. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, Lisa Hale needs to work the the ponytail more. It's a much better look for her. Word. Um, and then they also find out that uh, a obviously not only wrote this mess wrote this message on lipstick on Spencer's mirror, but then filmed them discovering it from inside Spencer's yeah. closet. A was like in the closet the whole time filming them discover this lipstick message, and then she a texts them the video the next morning. Very creepy. Very creepy. Very effectively creepy. Um, oh, and so, then they find the lipstick, the actual lipstick, presumably used to write on the mirror, in the closet. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's the the kind of general plot line that we're dealing with. Let's. Uh, who do you want to start with? Uh, I think that's our Faria, don't we? Yeah, I think so. Um, she uh, she blames herself. For the whole thing with her mom, even though like she really shouldn't, you know, right. like she she's making it all about her and not like her parents, which is a good Arya thing to do. She yeah, it's so Arya. Um, yeah, having having some dad troubles in this episode. Um, coincidentally, her and Spencer are both having dad troubles in this episode. Um, I just wanted to say real quick because I feel like later on in the show we'll we'll be getting this more, but in this this. The one scene where she's putting on her makeup and like her brother comes in to ask mm-hmm. about what's going on with the parents because obviously he's not quite as aware of the marital troubles 
Yeah. She is. She's dressed like a villager from like Tatooine. <laughs> like she really looks like somebody that like Anakin would pass on his way to a pod race. Well, it's funny because her uh her like PJ outfit's actually like pretty normal, or at least kind of. I mean it's like, you know, like sweats basically, you know. Well, I just want to say Dude, I feel like I'm noticing your theory or little 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 stabs at your theory more than you are. But uh, both Ari and Hannah are uh, prone to like the midriff shirt, like the shirt that only comes down, like yeah. mid midriff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hannah has a particularly laughable outfit later on. I think that like lacy thing, which like like bears her stomach, which I feel like you'd only seen a girl who's just like lost a ton of weight. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so so. The brother, you know, she kind of talks to her brother, like, calm down, you know, like, we got this. I'm sure nothing's going on with the family, yeah. you know. Lined and in. Then, <laughs> yeah, he takes off. So she goes down and basically throws herself in the middle of, like, her parents having an oh, awkward you, conversation. you forgot the detail where uh, Arya forgets to put mascara on one of her eyes and her brother mm-hmm. notices. Yeah, the Cyclops look. The there, there's some sort of, uh, like, Cyclops mythological symbolism there. I just haven't investigated yet. but Yeah, yeah. Or, like, a nice clock of orange look for Arya. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so she kind of throws herself into the middle of this conversation. The dad kind of huffs off. And mm-hmm. then it's just Arya and her mom. And this scene with her mom, like, Arya's incredibly insensitive and bossy towards her mom with this news. And kind of a bitch. Well, she's like, oh, yeah, it really sucked keeping that secret for a whole year. Oh, he didn't tell you I knew for a whole year? Hmm. Sorry. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. You, then she's like, I can skip first period if you want to talk about it. It's a conversation I never got to have with any of my parents. Hey, I could skip school if you want me to hang out. Well, it's like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm no, just, fuck off. I've just like delivered this like, like devastating blow to you. Mm-hmm. But now I'm willing to like, if you have a problem with it, we can talk about it. Hmm. Uh... Well, and Ella and, you know, Arya's uh, mom and dad, they're basically arguing like, like, he's like, well, we should get counseling, and she's like, why? You can't talk to me. I mean, it's very much like the kind of, like, these two are just not going to be able to not fight type of conversations, you know? Like, no matter what one says, the other's going to disagree with it. Yeah, they're going to take issue with any kind of statement, no matter how mm-hmm. it's meant. It's like, um, I should move out, oh, so I can be the bad guy and kick you out, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah he's like, I should move out, and she's like, oh, so you want to move out now? Um so then she gets to school to to have some alone time with Ezra and uh, gets a little upset that she does not have his like complete and total attention because he's going to go to a reading that night of one of his own short stories <laughs> at a bar like a scumbag. Mm-hmm. Who like reads the, a short story at a bar? I like that Ezra, or not Ezra, that Arya reminds Ezra in this scene that she's a student. Like She feels the need to keep bringing that up and like has a lot of jokes about you could give me some extra credit or detention, you know. There is a form of psychological torture that this girl is putting this man through yeah. throughout the course of this entire episode. Yeah, it, it is funny the way it's it's so flipped. I mean, typically when something like this goes down, it's the uh, you know the male teacher in a position of power exploiting you know the the naive student. But Arya is really like she in a way she's exploiting and manipulating him. You know. Yeah, she's she's. I thought that he doesn't have his own game and like he knows how to work it, which is to let her work it, you know, but at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's, if she wasn't, you know, underage, she's still quite the predator. Mm hmm. Um, so they read, Ezra reads his short story at a bar, which just seems so sleazy. 
Oh, can I give you the line? The last, the only oh, yes, line we please, hear. Please do. This is how it ends. How his short story ends. He says, and in an instant, her life was undone. Everything she'd known disappeared, drifting up into the summer sky. Which is a weird fucking ending to a short story. <laughs> Especially on a show about tormented girls. Holden fucking Caulfield here. Mm-hmm. J.D. fucking sound. Her life was undone. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> um, so, of course, they run to his college roommate, who's come to this bar in a small town in Pennsylvania to hear Ezra read his short story. He saw it on the website. He makes a lot of jokes about how, like, oh, me and Ezra slept together. Ha ha ha, in bunk beds. Um, eh, makes you wonder a little. But uh, I, I do have to point out this guy, this, the actor who plays this character, Artie. Yeah. He is uh, sp- real-life Spencer actor, Torian Bell. Sorry, this, like, long-time boyfriend, which I think is just funny that he's in this role in the show. Yeah. That makes me hate him. Um, I don't know. I, I like this guy, actually. I could I could use more of this guy. I, I like the way he's able to be completely friendly and casual with Arya and Ezra. And as soon as Arya leaves, he's just like, bro, dude, what the fuck? Yeah, and then Arya comes back, and he's like able to like be chill about it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like, bro, all you're gonna get out. She's gonna get a high school diploma. You're gonna get a pink slip and an orange jumpsuit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, poor Arya is like slumming it at this bar. These older guys, so <laughs> sophisticated, so precocious. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just really like the way, like, as soon as she leaves, the guys just like, dude, seriously. And Ezra's like, oh, when I met her, she wasn't. You know, he's like, dude, no. <laughs> dude, these are these are these are not your typical like frat douches because the guy doesn't just point out that that Arya's cute. He's like, mm-hmm. I get it, she's cute and she's smart, but she's your student. Yeah, yeah. Um. Also, does Arya have a fake ID here? I, I mean, probably. Um, she goes to get Ezra like a, a refill on his beer. Doesn't she go to get like fries or something? Well, she says that whoever wins the next, she's that's right. She does, she just like leaves darts. and then comes back without anything. Yeah. No, she brings she brings them a beer, but she's like watching them play darts, and she's like, whoever wins next buys the fries. Mm-hmm. Well, and then there's like the she's got to like uh, put her hand on his shoulder, and he's just kind of like ah, like scoots away, you know, after getting it's like, like it's the, like super tense, yeah. After getting the talk from his college bro, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could not. I love that she's just like like on top of the world. And Ezra's just, like, feeling more disgusting than ever. Oh, we're leaving out the great story that uh, College Bro tells about how, like, he brought a girl back to, like, their place and was, like, trying to sleep with her. And then Ezra apparently laughs in his sleep. And so the, the chick thought that Ezra was laughing at them having sex. And I love that he's, he like, that guy, He he's trying to be cool guy around, like, the high school girl. So he tells that story, which is mildly inappropriate, but, like... You can tell he's like trying to not act like it's inappropriate, you know. Yeah, yeah. Also, let's just ask ourselves: what kind of psychopath laughs in their sleep? <laughs> Ezra, of course, he writes stories that end with, "And her whole life was undone." <laughs> uh, so afterwards, uh, college roommate bro leaves. Ezra and Ari, of course, go back to Ezra's apartment. And you know that Ari just invited herself back to mm-hmm. the apartment. You know he was just kind of like, "All right, getting late," and she's just like. Uh huh. <laughs> Let's go back to your place. Uh huh. You know, they get back to his apartment. Of course, there's a copy of Tacoma Mockingbird. And Ezra is the, uh, the word that we're going to keep using here. He keeps, he's kind of confronting his epiphilia. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, Arya, she's not letting it go. She's not letting this one get out of her trap. She's just like, well, how do you feel around me? D- d- doesn't care what anyone else thinks. Yeah. And he's like, doesn't yeah, except right? for we're in public. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's just like, you're my dirty little secret. And it, it really needs to stay that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does ask her to stay, but she has to leave. <laughs> After all that. Seem- seemingly they just make out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she promises to come make him her, her special macaroni and cheese the next day. Yeah. Which, uh, doesn't happen because when she shows up the next day, she, like, she left her phone at Ezra's place. And apparently the phone was blowing up because they've, uh, they've turned off their, their blocking thing because that didn't work with A. So they yeah. kind of, like, surrendered on that. And Ezra's like, your phone kept blowing up. So I had to look at it. And what is it you see but a text from A talking mm-hmm. about them? And he's just like, I thought you were more mature than this. You can't be telling people. And basically just dumps her ass. I would think he should be freaking out a lot more. I mean, he's somewhat freaked out. He, he like, just dumps her ass, like, immediately. Here, he's I like, mean, just me, go. I, I would flip out. But I would also be restrained because I know that my flipping out might now cause this girl who has potentially some kind of mm-hmm. evidence or something, a story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just the story alone will ruin him. Uh, you can. She, what if she freaks out now that he thinks that she's immature and just goes right to the principal? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but meanwhile, Arya's enjoying playing the adult and handling the, the kids' end of the stuff of her parents. But her brother, turns out, is just as self-centered as she is. Because the parents are yelling and screaming now; they're not even hiding it anymore. No more awkward quiets, quietness. Like, and he's just like, "How is this not about us?" <laughs> And she's just like, hey, when they want to tell us, they'll tell us. Like, she's really getting off on it. She's smarmy. I mean, she's adorable, but she's smarmy. I, I did think it was somewhat, uh, I don't know if touching would be the right word, but she makes the mac and cheese she was going to make for Ezra, for her brother, instead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's, she's on one hand, let me clarify. She's doing the big sister thing with her brother. She's mm-hmm. kind of protecting him and stuff like that, but she's really getting off on it, too. Yeah, well, she's... She's so she's precocious and adult, yeah. you know. That was one of the things she was concerned about was whether or not she was acting like a high school girl with uh, the other college bro, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Her I brother, mean, she was, she was just as close of asking or, or asking Ezra if she thinks that his like roommate was going to like uh, like go home and like jerk off thinking about her. Yeah. She's just as close. Her brother is watching an old black and white movie, which just makes me wonder: is he gay too? High school, well, he's watching high it. school bros do not watch old black and white movies. He's watching it with her. That's what I took. Yeah. From it. It's the first time you really see Arya watching it. Other I, than having gone to the movies, the yeah. actual movies with Ezra. And I mean, Ella. I guess he explained that she's forcing him to watch it still. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're in her room, her, mm-hmm. her ginormous room, <laughs> which you have to assume is probably bigger than the master bedroom at their weird old house. She probably has the master. She seems like the kind of girl whose parents <laughs> would give her the master. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> you might argue that the real, the real problem in Ella and Byron's uh, marriage is Arya. <laughs> as much as they want to deny it and say otherwise. <laughs> um, so, uh. I do think it's interesting that Ezra now knows about A. He's seemingly the only one who does, right? Yeah, um, outside of outside of the core four, none of the yeah. parents know. 
like Toby and Jenna and Mona, seemingly none of them know, you know. The only other person besides our, the liars who know about A is A. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes you wonder, is this a screw-up on A's part, or did A know where Arya's phone was? Yeah, yeah, it's like, was was this unintentional, you know? Yeah, yeah. How How good is A? I like how Ezra's like, what about B and C and all your other friends? She's, A's not my friend. Yeah. Alright, well I think that about covers Arya. Uh, I mean, this episode is probably mostly hers and Spencer's, just a little bit of Emily. Hannah didn't have a ton to do. Well, Hannah had much more than Emily, I think. We'll get into Hannah. Yeah, um, yes, I mean, yeah. I guess okay. more as an arc, there's more going on with Hannah. Emily right now than Hannah. I mean, they're all kind of like in this place now where they're just at that age where they're like forging their own identity type of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and at this point, they're, it's clumsy. Arya's forging identity as an extremely precocious girl. He's much uh, older than her age. Yeah, she's definitely building... Uh, the other girls are building a persona that's more grounded and real to who they actually are. <laughs> Arya's got a much more idealized version of herself, and, and god damn it, she's gonna live up to it. I really hope they bring uh, Artie Bro back. I, I can see that guy again. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just so you can give Esther that, like, well, he did a he did a great thing where um, it, I think it was after Arya comes back, like she she says something and he smiles, and then like as like Arya turns around, he like he does like the rolling his eyes, look at Ezra, like, dude, yeah. oh my god, you know, yeah, yeah, he's like he's the exact opposite of like the uh, stereotype for this this bro that you that you're thinking, yeah, you know? yeah, um. You want to talk about Spencer or Hannah? Uh, let's talk about Hannah next. Spencer's always last, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hannah points out why so that Meredith is not a cute girl name. Yeah. She says, if you're going to cheat, you might as well do it with someone who deep conditions their hair. And so what like, Spencer says, put something in your mouth besides your foot. But I, I do find it uh, funny and all part of my theory that uh, Hannah is kind of like trying to talk Arya down, you know, and like trying to not totally make light of it, but just kind of like, you know, the lighter s- side, a little smooth, smoothie, you know, smooth the air out a little. Yeah. Or, or Hannah is just so cartoonish that like, you know, Arya has to see a lighter side to things. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hannah's going to start working at, uh, her gay boyfriend's mom's dentist office to pay off the debt for totaling his car and to confront and- her fear. Yeah, confront her fear of children. <laughs> Not of the dentist, but of children. <laughs> yeah. Um, she runs into the gay boyfriend out, out and about in town and she's buying like, uh, like frumpy shoes for the job. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, poor sweet Hannah is still throwing herself at her gay boyfriend. I do think it's funny that she Who lives really gay. This, yeah. this Spencer scene. lives in the type of world where she needs to go buy new shoes to like engage in a new activity, you know? Oh, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Hannah does. Of course. This is, yeah, yeah. it's her identity. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have written down on my notes, Sean is so gay. (laughs) She's like, what about homecoming? And he, like, he gets this look on his face as though the the prospect of, uh, any sort of, like, sexual interaction with a girl is disgusting, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, 
So, so then later on, Hannah's like, she's in the elevator going up to this new, it's like in some kind of like industrial, uh, like an office building. Yeah. yeah office building. Where there's like quite a few offices and, and lots of long hallways that lead to different like, uh, businesses and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a great visual. She's in the elevator looking she's at looking her, looking at frumpy, her reflection. Yeah. Looking the, at her frumpy outfit and the mirrored door opens revealing Jenna. And Jenna is in exactly the same position that her reflection was. It's a really, it's a really excellent shot, um, where it's like, you know, here's the, uh, kind of like, like evil alternate bizarro version of yourself, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, especially like when you, when she has to put on this new uniform for the dentist thing, like, like frump herself down and then boom, there's Jenna. Like this is what you could become potentially. I don't know. Um, so Hannah kind of shrinks into the corner of the elevator and like changes her voice when Jenna makes some kind of innocent comment to whoever the well, stranger in the elevator with her is. Well, no, first she does the thing where like Jenna just like, uh, even though she's blind, she like pulls out uh, some lipstick and starts putting it on. And yes. Hannah does the thing where she's like all up in Jenna's like side of her face without making any noise. And then Jenna's just like, what do you think? Yeah. She's trying <laughs> to figure out what the shade is of lipstick mm-hmm. is. Yeah. And she changes matches her voice, the one in the you know. mirror. Yeah. Um, so then she follows Jenna down a hallway to figure out what the hell is Jenna doing in this building. And other than the music and the, uh, the photography, this could be a fantastic, like, Hitchcock SMO <laughs> PLL. Because you have the dumb blonde, the Hitchcock potential blonde, like, yeah. following the creepy brunette with glasses. Like, oh, God. It's like the, like the beginning of, like, a great Hitchcock, like, homage in, in PLL. Well, for a blind girl, Jenna gets around. I mean, that's got to be terrifying. You, you think moves. you can count on where Jenna is. She's going to be like on her like front porch being creepy or like at the school being creepy. But no, now she's like out and about town walking through hallways and shit. It's like you never know where this chick's going to show up next. In the parlance of our time, she's always one step, two step, three steps ahead of you. And just when you think that you know where she is, she's seven steps behind you. Mm-hmm. Even though she's blind. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Because she's terrifying. She's so terrifying. She, they tap into something so brilliant, though, about this, like, handicap fear we have. Yeah. And, like, you can't see her eyes. It's almost like, I don't know, like, whatever that same cultural thing that, like, the freaking, like, girl from the ring I, I mentioned before. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's something about her look. Like, you're almost scared to see what her eyes look like. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get a scene of Hannah and her mom. And can I just say, Hannah and her mom, naughty Gilmore girls? Yeah, somewhat. I mean, they're definitely the closest of any of the parents we've seen so far, you know. Um, I mean, uh, at one point they're trading shoes, you know, like Ashley's yeah. like, I don't like these shoes. Do you want them? Yeah. They're like that thing where like they're, they're mom and daughter, but they're also like best friends. Mm-hmm. They're like shit talking, like, uh, Sean's like, like, who is this girl giving Sean a ride? This like frumpy, mm-hmm. uh, what'd she say? Like, uh, cheerleader latte girl or whatever. Skinny latte. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Hannah's. And then he he's one, he might want to date skinny. someone who majors in cartwheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hannah's Hannah, bitch talking about the girl being skinny. Meanwhile, her and Ashley only seem to eat takeout. Like, it's all they ever eat. They never cook. Um, they, don't, they don't eat breakfast, and they only eat takeout. And she's tr- she's trying to get Hannah to eat. You know, um, it's interesting. I wonder if that will come up later. Just the idea that hannah the one who used to be fat there's like a lot of mentions of food around her you know yeah, yeah. put something in your mouth beside your foot yeah mm-hmm. um so a then emails hannah emily's photo booth pictures yes 
I, I the the best thing about this is like it's not email actually it's like a chat like right. Hannah just gets a mysterious chat and the screen name is this is a and so it's like <laughs> I can't remember what what it, this is a says but it's just like haha I'm a or whatever you know um, and so Hannah replies who is this it's like dude it's a she's <laughs> like classic Hannah move <laughs> it's like look I'm not gonna tell you because I'm a I thought we I thought we were on the same page here. And the the more realistic version of this scene, A spends forty five minutes chatting with Hannah, mm-hmm. ascertaining <laughs> that this is indeed A. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna tell you who I really am. Do you know do you wanna look why I really originally texted you or chatted you? Dumb bitch. <laughs> um so then yeah, Hannah meets up with Emily and um Oh, we, we're, we're forgetting oh, yeah. one detail. Um, in that scene with Ashley, she, she kind of lets out that, uh, you know, their, oh, yeah. their dad, Ashley's ex, is getting married again, and Ashley didn't know about it. Um, it's another good scene for Laura Layton to, to look kind of, kind of disappointed, but trying to not look disappointed for her daughter, you know? And Can we like, just say that Ashley has somehow really embraced her damaged goods mentality? Yeah. Like she is just full on on board with the uh, like like fucked up hot redhead works at a bank, only can like sleep with losers. Like you get the impression that before Will and Ashley was like I don't know like sleeping for a married boss or something like that. You know what I mean? Like that was where her where her. <sighs> yeah, she's was. she's probably taking bros home from the wine bar. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, some of the girls meet up at the was it called the brew? Is it the brew? I think it's the grill. The, the grill. grill, yeah. Which, yeah, they they meet up the grill. Um, it's Hannah and Emily alone, which is kind of funny because they're imaginary characters. Well, no, it's Hannah, Hannah and Spencer first, and then Emily. Oh, sorry, it's Hannah and Spencer first, and then yeah. and then it's just Hannah and Emily. And Hannah is like awkwardly kind of douchey about trying to obliquely tell Emily that it's okay to have feelings for anybody. I, I wouldn't call that douchey. I I I took it as she's. She's trying to be supportive of her friend, but at the same time trying to get some confirmation, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's not it's not selfless though, I don't think. There's a there's that Hannah side of that kind of catty, curious, mm. uh gossipy Hannah side that's trying to get some information. Yeah. But it comes off as like just as of course it would, very awkward. Well, it works though, because at the same time, like Hannah, or I'm sorry, Emily's just gotten this CD from Toby, who Emily ditched when she got there. She's supposed to meet Toby for at the grill, and then like Spencer and Hannah were there, so she just like walked right past him. Um, but he like left this CD for her, and so Hannah's like, "Ooh, who's that from? Is there someone special?" You know. And so the whole time Emily is like kind of like downplaying this thing with Toby that she doesn't consider to be anything. Um, but what Hannah's talking about is Maya the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it, it comes off as awkward as it would be because Hannah's words have no weight unless they are speaking about somebody specifically, but she can't, mm-hmm. she can't say anything yeah. specifically. So Emily is just kind of like, what's happening here? Um, also, I just want to say that there's a certain level of adulthood, you know, you've reached when you watch like that scene in whatever that fucking Zach Brack movie is. Where poor Rachel Bilson oh, gets on the yeah. McCeedy, mm-hmm. and you're just like that is such a juvenile thing. That that, that weird courtship ritual of I made you a CD. I don't know. I guess it it seems juvenile in that movie because that dude is like an adult. Whereas in this, 
like it it's less like uh i mean it's still juvenile but in a more, a more acceptable way you're just like oh toby you're barking up the wrong tree you know yeah 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 and there's there's hints that maybe he's not woken to that but um oh, i yes. did want to point out that hannah and spencer before emily shows up at the grill hannah kind of like goes fishing and asks if spencer's got any more emails and Spencer hasn't, so she asks Hannah, and Hannah lies and says, no, she hasn't gotten any more either. <laughs> yeah. These girls are not, like, fully cards on the table with each other yet. No. They're, they are full on, like, I think, like, like a clique again, a group again, as other people have pointed out to them. Well, seemingly they've Doing... been, they've been trained by Allison to, to be kind of shady, you know? Yeah, yeah, they, they protect themselves. Um, so then Hannah being Hannah discovers that the, <laughs> what Hannah perceived before as an empty room that Jenna spent an hour in earlier, which I think the fact that just she spent an hour there kind of tells you what she was doing. Well, she realizes that's her therapist. Yeah. Jenna's, Jenna's seeing a therapist. And Hannah's mistaken for someone with dissociative disorder. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, you're her therapist. And the therapist is like, I'm sorry, you said you're. Is, uh, is Martha not here right now? Because that's who you think she is. No, yeah, she, she said, you're her therapist. Yeah. yeah. He's like, you said her? Is anyone else here? Martha? Yeah. Which, and she's again, like, Martha, Martha needs to go. Martha doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah, Martha's a new therapy. Yeah, Martha, another not cute girl name. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so then she runs into her gay boyfriend who tells her that the uh, skinny latte girl was giving him a ride to a group that they're both members of, which is called Real Love Waits. Yeah, Hannah she says, as, is that some kind of Holy Roller version society? Okay. Well, the, and the way, the way it's delivered, he says, uh, he's, he tells her what RLW stands for, and he's like, go ahead, make your jokes. And she's like, is that some kind of Holy Roller version society? And it's like, yes, Hannah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> what's, what's beautiful in that moment is at the same time, she's being completely sincere yeah. and taking her shot that she's been given like the like the okay to take well i like how he's completely clueless as to why hannah would be concerned about him driving around to some other chick you know yeah like he's just like what i never said i was breaking up with you or didn't want to go to homecoming with you you know yeah i just happen to be riding around with this other attractive girl you just got confused by our lack of intimacy because i'm a homosexual and you haven't realized it yet (sighs) yeah yeah the like Christian virgin societies, like I feel like those really exist for like gay guys to get to know each other, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of, yeah, it's two, two kinds of, of guys go to those gay guys and guys who are actually looking for like who's who's vulnerable that they can scam and sleep with, you know? So, who, so which of you ladies is Catholic? Mm-hmm. You, all right, all right, not you, not you, not you, you, yeah. Yeah, and the women all need nose jobs and to lose some weight. Yeah. Um, so Hannah and her boyfriend are still on, presumably about to go to homecoming together. Yes. Yeah. Well, in the next episode, it's called There's No Place Like Homecoming. So presumably mm-hmm. that's what will happen. Mm-hmm. Emily, so, meanwhile. Yes. Emily. Emily and Toby in their lab partner scenes, there's a, it's not really sexual tension, but there's a kind of tension between them. Well, and it's, it's a bit of an awkward tension because at this point, Spencer has now become suspicious of Toby. Toby yes. is on Spencer's radar. Um, as, as is Arya, as much as Arya yeah. can think about anybody other than herself right now. And so 
there's sort of a weird tension where she's very slyly trying to ask Toby, like, well, what were you doing last night? And he's just like, yeah. oh, I, I close down the grill every night because I'm a big loser and I do my study in there, you know. Um, not 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 doing what Spencer perceived, which was sitting on his porch tearing the heads off dolls. <laughs> Both valid things for a high school student to do. <laughs> so she tells Toby that Maya isn't a part of their group because Toby's kind of like, so who's uh, who's that Maya girl that you're hanging well, out with? And you, you, as an audience member who's naturally suspicious, though, and knowing that Toby is, you know, the familiar relationship of Jenna, you still are kind of suspicious of Toby, or you should be, just because Toby's asking her very pointed questions in this yeah, kind of yeah. mopey dopey uh, uh, shelter or shell, because he's like, uh, so is Maya part of your little clique now? Like, he's trying mm-hmm. to ascertain what's going on with the liars, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Toby likes to be places where other people aren't because he's so creepy. Well, and um, like he, you kind of get the feeling that he saw those pictures, you know, like when, yeah. when Emily briefly opened her book and the, the photo of the pictures there, he probably saw them. Um, I mean, at least it kind of seems like it because he's he's kind of fishing to be like, oh, is uh, you know, is that your friend? You know, is your friend part of the group? You know, well, um, it's, and you can take it both ways. Is is Toby? aware of something personally happening of emily is he kind of sensitive to that or is he creepy and, and or is work, he like he's, he's always creepy but or is he like you know uh working with jenna is, is he working as her like her like you know scene avatar to like you know do yeah. do her dirty work yeah um the greatest acting ever from this guy uh, matching his like dopey outsider like talking to the pretty girl that he might actually connection with is when they start talking about of all bands circus survive he has this like dopey look on his face like <gasps> You know this band. Yeah. So is this like punk rock or something or some sort of like like grungy alt rock? Like I don't know. Do you know the the band at all? I'm I'm aware of Circus Survive. It's okay. the kind of band that these kind of high school posers would be listening to at this oh, stage. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Shots fired. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Toby. Your musical tastes have been deemed wanting. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, her and her, her, sorry, him and Emily are into the same uh, same bands that are apparently proposers. Um, it's these are the kind of bands that like half their lyrics are going to refer to like scenes from Eternal Sunshine. Hmm. Um. So, so he's gonna he's gonna like make her a mix CD, and they're supposed to hang out at the the grill, which later we see that uh, isn't gonna happen because when Emily gets there, Spence and Hannah are there, and so Emily just has to just. Pull the total betrayal of like walking right past Toby like she does. Toby happen. gets reverse breakfast clubbed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, uh, as we talked about, uh, A has emailed Hannah the photo booth pictures. Hannah's on the radar of that stuff. Um, later on, Hannah not telling any of the other liars about it. No, she's keeping she's keeping this one close to her chest, which is kind mm-hmm. of funny because Hannah is the the girl out of the four who has the least amount of guile. As yeah, he. yeah. Um, so later on, Toby's at the grill reading Catch and Ryan public by himself, like a fucking prick. Well, that's, that's what you do when you're an angst ridden teenager. You don't read Catcher in the Rye in private. No, you, you make sure everyone's. Well, you're, you've read it once in private and it changed yeah. your life. And then from then on, you must always be reading it in public so other people see that you're a, uh, you're, you're like a cool kid who reads Catcher in the Rye in public. You and know? you're pissed off. Yeah, you spend four hours sitting in public reading this book, never once flipping the pages. Yes. Yeah, fuck, fuck if he was a bones. girl, presumably, yeah. sorry to take it there, he'd probably be reading a bell jar. Ooh, yeah. Um, 
Toby's probably read a bell jar because he's a prick. Uh, but yeah, lots of mixed CDs. And she's even written a cute, like, you know, la- like Lady Font, like Toby's mixed CD on it. At the end, yeah. So basically, like, she has to go back, like, the next day after, like, uh, ignoring Toby to be like, hey, I did like the CD you made me. Here's the CD I made for you. I may be giving you the impression that you're not barking up the wrong tree right now, you know? Right, right, yeah. Cre- creating more confusion that I don't realize I'm creating. Yeah. But uh, kind of establishing that, like, this friendship, this relationship, mm-hmm. this whatever ship, um, is only going to happen in secret. She put some girl songs on that mix CD for Toby. He's going to have Toby's, to keep an open mind, too. Yeah. yeah, he's going to be okay with that. Yeah, but, like, uh, speaking of echoing Ari and Ezra, I wanted to point out that in the scene where Hannah and Emily are talking at the grill and uh, Hannah has her kind of awkward statement about like, who cares who it is that's making you happy as long as mm-hmm. somebody's making you happy. Uh, referring to what would by some of these characters be referred to as an inappropriate relationship. They juxtaposition to Arya and Ezra. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 She already pretty much says the same thing about like, are you happy? You know? Yeah. Um, there's one more detail. We'll get back to that when we talk about Spencer. I, I do think it's interesting now that Emily has these kind of like secret, secret quasi relationships going with both Maya and Toby now, you know, yeah. that yeah. none of, none of the other liars really know about. Right. So Spencer. Oh, Spencer. Episode begins with, uh, like Toby is kind of popping up on Spencer's, uh, her radar for the first time. It's bad news for Toby. You, you don't want to be on Spencer's radar. Can't we just say Spencer wins awards for waking up? Yeah. Spencer won the, that essay contest, uh, with, uh, Melissa's essay. And she, I, I liked it. Like, she's acting like really blase about it because she doesn't want to draw attention to it because, like, she cheated. But right. the liars are all taking it to mean, like, God, look at this fucking bitch. Like, yeah, she's, yeah. she's out there winning awards and, like, acting like she doesn't give a shit, you know? Like, yeah, like, her shit doesn't sink. Yeah. Like, you're so good you don't even care when you win an essay award. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then there's Spencer's dad, who is who is <laughs> so awesome in this episode. I mean, he's just he's bonkers amazing in this episode. I mean, like this guy, like I didn't like him two episodes ago, but now I love this character, and I kind of I kind of hate that they introduced like the Spencer's mom as being such a strong, interesting character because like they really deprive you whenever like Spencer's dad's not around. Like he's found out about the her winning the essay awards, and. uh it's probably because she's really setting up a coup for the Ivies. This is a coup for you. The Ivies will be fighting all over it. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he, he's doing this as he's like texting on his Blackberry. Uh, well, there's a moment where she says something like, hi, daddy, or whatever. And he's just like, he's like looking at his like texting. And he just kind of laughs. You don't know if he's laughing at her yeah. <laughs> or something he's texting. Well, and he says like, I got you some like buttercream candies. You like this, right? And she says, no, yeah, like, when I was seven. And that's <laughs> he's when he just like laughing. <laughs> And like, she's like, "Thanks, like, Daddy." I don't care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then so, he uh, he says that. Uh, well, I, I did like one thing he says. He he to show that he's not completely self-absorbed. He makes a joke about how uh, Al Spencer's mom took out a full-page ad in the uh, the club newsletter to add to brag about Spencer winning this award. But he's joking about it. So like, he knows at least that that would be like terrifying to Spencer. You know. Yeah. But he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> so he basically invites her to come play a doubles match with him against uh, some business clients. acquaintance some, and his some daughter. potential clients. Yeah. 
To which Spencer takes like as like a, a new situation of pressure that she has to go practice her tennis game mm-hmm. to get better because she they're winners. Yeah. The Hastings are goddamn winners. They don't lose. So she goes to the local club to practice her uh her her slice and this fucking Alex guy. You want to yeah. talk about this fucking Alex guy? Tennis bro. I'm just gonna call him tennis bro. I'm gonna call him ball boy. Yeah. He's just like, hey, uh we were closed like ten minutes ago. Get off the fucking court. She's just like, oh, wait, give me five more hot. minutes. Sorry. Yeah. Let me flirt with you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah. I, I guess it's implied, like, what, was he, like, w- practicing with her or something? He wishes. Like, I, I, that seemed to be semi-implied, because the next day she says she practiced for, like, five hours or something on her serve. Yeah. Well, first Which of all, is insane, first of all. Yeah, well, first of all. I mean, Serena Williams this, doesn't practice for five hours on her serve. Right. This douche just gonna mosey on up to her and talk about her angry serve and her strong slices first of all he's help yeah <laughs> that's gonna be the recurring theme of this episode this guy is help oh and she's just like uh it's just a fr- friendly game and he's like you're practicing angry for a pretty friendly game yeah and it's like yes this is spencer that's what she does well and it's funny that, that dichotomy changes by the end of the episode but yeah so spencer's just glad to be back in her dad's good graces well and she said yeah like at first, she thought that her dad had talked to Ren. He's like, no, I talked to your teacher. You know, like, Ren was 100% correct as soon as she, like, did something good academically. Yeah. They don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so then the, the match with the business queens and his daughter comes up. And at first, Spencer can't understand the nuance of this being like a business tennis match and that they should let the client, the potential client win. Well, the dad says, she tells her dad before the game that like, oh yeah, I practiced for five hours yesterday. And he's like, yeah, it's just a friendly game, Spence. And she's like, why does everyone think I'm unfriendly? Yeah. Well, no, uh, they tell such a classic Spencer. Spencer's like a young, you know, girl in high school thing is the day before she has to leave something early because she has tennis tomorrow and she still needs to pick out the outfit. Yeah. Well, she wants to pick out the outfit to impress tennis bro. Yeah. Fucking ball boy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, during the actual game, like Spencer's dominating. She's Spencer and the dad's just like, you do know I'm trying to get this client, right? Well, he's, he's like, uh, if they win, I win. Yeah. See how that works? Yeah. Um, so tone it to fuck down, he says. And, and her, so that Spencer's kind of like, what? Well, you her lose? dad isn't totally wrong about keeping a game friendly. Like it is, like it, he is somewhat correct and like dial it back a notch, Spencer. You're way too intense. But at the yeah. same time, asking her to like throw the game is pretty awful because it's totally like corrupting her ideals. Like she's always been raised to like, you know, win at all costs and like, you know, achieve and whatnot. But not she. This is like her first uh, encounter with kind of like the corruption of that. You know. Well, let's just say real quick too that her ideals are bullshit, but they are the ideals that her that these parents have mm-hmm. instilled in her, and now they're challenging them to her, and it's you know like does not compute for Spencer. Um, but eventually she, she goes against her own programming and <laughs> kind of just like does like the, like the dumb, like, Oh, whoops, missed that shot. Yeah. Um, game's <laughs> like, over and the help shows up to give Spencer some shit about missing a few shots on purpose. And tennis pro. Yeah. She's like, look, tennis bro, the blue blood politics around here are complicated. You wouldn't understand. Yes. You're the help, you know? And then Spencer's dad shows up again at the end of the episode to show that rich people are magnificent and considerate <laughs> assholes. He needed a he hadn't made a reservation for like the club uh restaurant and that was gonna like blow his sales pitch for the client because the client wanted to, you know, get a table he, there. 
Yeah. And so he, he made a scene and blamed it on uh, Tennis Bro for like not calling the reservation in so that he could get a table. And he's just like, that guy can pick up balls anywhere. What the fuck do I care? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And she's just like, oh, God. Alex. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then seemingly the, the hammer hasn't fallen on Alex yet because Spencer kind of has a little date with him or whatever at the end of the episode she basically asks him out which is kind of a boss move by spencer like she doesn't wait for him to make the move she asks him out um and then she also throws the you know her dad's like win at all costs attitude back in his face she's like by the way like you don't need to read that essay you keep claiming you'll read because uh i stole it and i'm a cheater but that's okay because i won right like fuck yeah. you and then she spencer drops out. the fucking yeah. mic and storms out yeah Let's just say real quick, this Alex Bro, tennis bro, tennis bro, ball boy, whatever. I hate everything about this guy starting with his face. <laughs> I, I think it's his chin. He has like a big cleft chin. Yeah, he's punchable. got. Do you remember that cartoon character, the Tick? He's got like that yeah, chin, yeah. like a weird like dimple thing. It's like a target for your face. And like, uh, like kind of like like Hobbit fro, like long curly hair thing. He's got this just kind of like goofy. Like crooked smile, like he's always like grinning at you, like yeah. an asshole. Yeah, I don't like him. You can do better, Spence. He's not oh, good I, enough for Spencer. I did want to point out one thing uh, in that brief scene where Spencer's leaving the the grill as Emily shows up. Um, the waitress comes over and mistakes Spencer for Emily. It's just another another mm-hmm. little detail in my theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, all in all, a very good episode. Much more, um, you get the little, little bits of A, but A basically stirred the pot in the previous episode, yeah. and now we're just kind of watching the waves. Yeah, other than the text to Arya, uh, and, well, and she, you know, now she's stirring the, the waves within the group dynamic with uh, the Hannah thing. Yeah. Yeah. And next episode will be Homecoming. Ooh, something something juicy always happens at dances or social gatherings of this group. Oh. oh, I forgot. There was one just hilarious throwaway line that cracked me up when I was watching this. The like security guard at the the like dentist office place that Hannah's mm-hmm. like she keeps on trying to like get into this room and the security guards are around. He gets a phone call and he's like apparently trying to buy tickets and he's just like, What? For two tickets? And as he walks away he says, I ain't that pay that much to see Lionel Richie when he was Lionel Richie. <laughs> Which I would love to know, like, was that in the script? Was that improv? It's like, I don't know. It's a hilarious line. It's it's funny to me that a, a character that has three lines in the episode is allowed to improv in the show. Um, well, he gets a pretty good line for being, like, just totally throwaway, like, nothing character security yeah, guard, you know? Yeah. I just want to say real quick, too, um, I looked this up on Wikipedia before we recorded because I figured it, it will come up at some point in the first season, especially the, um, the de jure Age of consent in Pennsylvania is 16 years, yeah. while it's the de facto age of consent is 18 years, which means basically that underage kids, as long as they're 16, can have sex with each other. But if a 16-year-old has sex with somebody over 18, it is still a crime. Well, I believe there are also certain laws about teachers and students, regardless of age, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's still, But it's still statutory rape and... Uh, um, uh, I can't remember the exact term, but it's like unwanted carnal knowledge or whatever. Yeah. Or whatever. Which yeah. you can make arguments as to whether or not those are, I don't know, valid. Um, there's a reason those laws are in place and they're in place to protect people. But I think you could make the argument in a situation like Arya's that like 
she obviously doesn't need protecting here, you know. Ezra needs protecting. But counterpoint, brief counterpoint, because we're not really not going to have this discussion. Mm -hmm. She is still a minor, so she is not like uh, legally responsible for her actions. Even though she's legally responsible for her actions, Arya knows what she's doing. Arya's going to get her some. She's still legally responsible for things she does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but in this case, like uh, he's still the adult. Like uh, it's still statutory rape for a reason. But Arya. She's kind of a manipulative, like, sexy pimp. Like, she's yeah. gonna make this happen. She's gonna wear Ezra like a glove. I think they need to bring back, uh, Artie the college bro and have her, have him date Ashley. I think that'd be a good pair of That would be wonderful. Cause you just know that guy gives a lot of, like, thumbs up during sex. Literally, like, Hannah, like, walks in and sees them. And then Ezra starts laughing. How much better would the show be if the Artie guy, whose first name is, his name is Artie, like, mm. ridiculous. Because Artie was playing Wilden. Hmm. Huh? Yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting. And then, like, like, like season three, there's this weird tension between, like, Wilden and, like, Spencer. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. Oh, another fun detail. Uh, Toby says that uh, he, he, the reason he goes out and studies and, like, publicly uh, exhibits himself reading Catcher in the Rise is because Jenna doesn't like using her headphones at home. So she listens to all her lectures, like, super loud in the house without headphones on. Yeah. Which I thought was a, an interesting character detail about Jenna that she'll kind of take some uh, some liberties at home. She's basically like I'm the blind girl, you know. Like, what do yeah. you do? Yeah, exactly. She's she's owning that role. Mm. Oh, and uh, Arya's family situation is just imploding, basically as mm-hmm. as expected. Mm-hmm. Ella does a thing where she holds up the picture of. Her and uh, her husband looking happy and like throws it on the ground and yeah, because she's she's disgusted by her naivete, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, he's told her basically that the the move to Norway or whatever was solely about him trying to get the hell away from Meredith. Mm-hmm. Meredith, oh, a cute girl. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that about covers it. Uh, Do any any last thoughts? No, just a fun episode. Yeah, indeed. And next week we'll be doing the homecoming one. So, uh, talk to you then. Bye bye.